Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Fightful Pro Wrestling here today. It is Denise Salcedo, and we are here for the Raw Post Show October 10th. But I am not alone for those of you who are wondering what is going on. As you guys recall, last week I was out of town, and so is Sean Ross Sapp and Will. Well, this week, Sean Ross Sapp is traveling, so I am joined by Will Washington. Uh, what's up, Will? That's not what I was told last week. I was told you were away with explosive diarrhea. And so, Are you kidding me? <laughs> so that was what I, I was said while I was gone. Yeah, that's what I was told. So uh, traveling. Okay, you know, Denise. I, I will count on. I would count on the dirt sheet boy to be spreading false news about me. But whatever, you know, we're here. Uh, we're we're going to talk about probably one of the most exciting episodes of Raw in a very long time. The season premiere that had like so much uh, to the point where I'm like thinking to myself, this show is probably going to go a bit considering we have so much to talk about. However, before we get into all of the news and everything that occurred on Monday Night Raw here today, I do want to go ahead and let you guys know you already know 
know the drill and how it works here on Fightful. But if you do want to help support the show and you want to send in your question, your comments, your hot, your hot takes, your recipes, whatever, I'll take anything. Uh, feel free to send in a super chat at any point throughout the show. On top of that, if you don't want to send a super chat, you can always send in a humper chat. Uh, humper chats, we do get to keep a bigger portion of those. So if you want to send in a humper chat, please do. Uh, all of the links will be posted in the chat box here. But keep them going. We want to hear your thoughts, especially given absolutely everything that happened on today's Monday Night Raw. So before we get into all of the finer details, Will, I'll start off by asking you, how did you feel overall about this episode of Raw? I felt good. I uh, I almost wouldn't have ended it on the note they ended it on. Uh, but I did feel good generally about Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, and I felt good about Raw for a while. Like, really, uh, it's it's been hard for Raw to be uh, a letdown in the fact that, you know, as long as you put on things that excite the audience and excite the crowd, it's, it's, it's a fairly easy show to get by. And it's surprising that for so many years it, like, didn't. But these uh, these last few weeks have been pretty enjoyable. And I thought that this week's was really enjoyable. And uh, even the elements I didn't necessarily enjoy were like, eh, it was over fast. So, and we'll talk about what I didn't enjoy. We are going to talk about what I didn't enjoy because that's what we do here. But I, I won't dwell on that because there was a lot to take away from what I thought was a quality show. Denise. I, I feel quality show is the right way to put it because you know I've sat here through like a zillion raws and you know we've talked about things that haven't been so great and this episode to me was really the one that felt like the most like okay we are officially in this brand new era this officially felt like okay there's a new person, you know, running thing. There's a new person in charge. And it finally felt different for like the first time. And I know a lot of people are going to say like, no, we've had great episodes of Raw ever since Triple H came back. And I do agree with that. We've had some, you know, the quality of Raw has definitely improved like drastically. But it, there were still some times where it kind of felt like there was a couple of like little lulls in between. And this was the first episode for me that, you know, top to bottom, all three hours watching live completely flew by. Like I didn't check the time until like two hours and 20 minutes in and for me not to check the time and check it till like two hours and 20 minutes in that's actually a win because that means so much happened uh, but we got a super chat here from carl r who says can confirm that srs said denise was out due to explosive diarrhea last week and to think that i was sitting in an airport terminal thinking to myself i feel kind of bummed out that i didn't show up to work today well you know what i should have came out here and spread ugly rumors about sean too. I thought that's but, what you were going to do. I was prepared for it. And then no, you did. I'm a nice person, Will. <laughs> we got a super chat here from Graham B who says, are y'all eating leather tonight? Well, given that it was a great show today, I'm, I'm so happy I might even eat leather. Uh, thank you to Graham B for sending in you that. You could at least chat. do that as Sean. <laughs> I know I should have, right? Sorry, I'm dropping the ball here. Okay. We got a lot to get into. So let's start off with, uh, I don't even know where to kick things off with everything that went on. Let's start with the new commentary team. How about that? Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick, the brand new commentary for Raw. As you know, we've had this shakeup across the board for NXT, SmackDown, pay-per-views. Everything's going to be different now with different voices. Will, what was your initial thoughts on Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick taking on the Raw portion of this? And did you feel that they did a good job tonight? Um hate to start off on a negative note no not really um almost not at all but 
I Wait, will give no, no, they were bad or no, you didn't have any issues with them. Oh, no, they were bad. Um, so, uh, but, 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 but hear me out here. I am willing to give it time. I feel like, uh, most commentary teams, especially two person teams take time to gel. Like that's part of why WWE got so stuck in the mode of doing three person teams, because they knew that when you have that many voices, you don't necessarily have to count on chemistry. When you have two people and just two people, chemistry has got to be there. And if it's not there, then you either have to give it time or you have to abandon ship. I'm willing to give this time, but it really felt like Corey Graves and somebody new, and it didn't necessarily feel like a tandem. And it didn't feel like, like Kevin Patrick didn't necessarily feel like he was calling the flagship show of the company. And like Corey Graves, he feels comfortable there. He's been in that spot a long time. I can't believe how long he's been in that spot, but he has been in that spot a long time. It's been six years, folks, uh, but he has been in that spot a long time. Um, I think tandems are tough. I recognize how tough they are. Uh, and it's just, it's going to take a little bit to get there. But I did not feel this was there at all tonight. And that's okay. It's okay. It's their first night together. It's Kevin Patrick's first night calling um, Monday Night Raw. Like, I'm not expecting it to be great, but it also wasn't. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to be like, oh, you did a great job. Like, no, this is going to take time. Um, so... It's okay to admit that it wasn't any good, but that it can get there with time. Graves was fine, though. Graves was exactly who he needed to be, and he, he pretty much dominated. He held the whole thing, and then Kevin was, like, there when he needed to be. You know, I kind of feel, I felt a little bit differently than you did. So first and foremost, I feel like, uh, you know, it was the first day for them. Obviously, they have to get comfortable with one another. And, you know, Kevin Patrick taking on this role. Because prior to this, he was just doing, uh, I believe he was doing Raw Talk, if I'm correct. I, I don't know. I haven't seen Raw Talk. But uh, I know he was doing uh, that at least a period of time because I did see it being promoted at some point. But be besides that, really what we mainly saw of him was those, you know, backstage interviews. And when you're so going, when you're so used to doing, doing just like the scripted stuff back and forth and then going into a position where you got to be more you know really you got to be on your toes like you got to be like a very fast thinker you got to uh, think really fast in these moments and so that was one of the things where I did recognize that shift immediately where it's like okay you're no longer doing the scripted one line tops two lines in these backstage interviews now you're calling the action and you really got to be on it so with that being said I didn't think you did uh, like a bad job calling the action uh the only thing for me that i thought really stood out was the lack of enthusiasm and i think that was for me the biggest thing like i didn't think he said anything bad or anything that was like insulting throughout the show or anything dumb right like we've heard some previous you know commentators in that situation where they'll say stuff that doesn't make sense he didn't do any of that uh so i would say that's a good start already but more so for me it was just the fact that like there was a lot of exciting things that happened on the show and i don't necessarily think he match the enthusiasm that you should have like there was a moment uh during the johnny gargano match that Corey graves was the one that was like oh my god austin theory locked in the gargano escape he locked in the gargano escape and i'm like yeah he knocked in the gargano escape you know <laughs> and little things like that that when you know the commentators obviously you know really put the enthusiasm 
you as the viewer are like, holy shit, I better, you know, really pay attention to this. So I do think that's the only note that I would definitely give is just, you know, more enthusiasm. And as the person who's done, who's done commentary, Will, I actually find it easier to do the two-person booth versus the three-person booth for me personally. And I also enjoy listening to commentary when it's only two people because it's just, for me, it's a lot more uh, straightforward. Right. Well, and that's the thing. That's what I was talking about because WWE – has has done both right and wwe has had some magic tandems over time and you know they've had taz and michael cole and jr and jerry lawler and um uh, gorilla and bobby heenan like they've had some magic duos right but like the fallback for wwe has typically been over the years of if the duo isn't magic if it's not something where it's two people you're just comfortable listening to go with three that's always been kind of the formula even before jr and uh jerry lawler got uh the chemistry that they eventually developed it was three of them there was vince there uh for the longest time and then eventually vince faded away and it was just king and uh and jr and so it takes time It, it does take time and you just sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't uh and again and i guess they're saying in the chat that uh and I haven't been watching this, so why would I know that? But uh, Kevin has been calling main event. So Okay, yeah, I haven't watched main event, so there you go. I, I haven't watched main event. In... Isn't that terrible? It wasn't even on the radar for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, he was apparently on main event. Okay, that's good to know. All right, well, then that makes it that makes more sense to me now because, like I said, I didn't think he did a bad job. It was just the lack of enthusiasm that I would say is the only thing you, ha- you would have to work on because it, it's just, you know, it really shapes the mood of the show, you know, depending how excited your commentators are, right? And it really sells certain moments. So with that being said, I guess for the most part like first day we'll see how it eventually unfolds and i will say this though i did like jimmy smith so i was a little bit bummed when they said that jimmy smith was gone uh, i did like jimmy smith by the way in this role did you like jimmy smith i mean jimmy smith was uh he was good he was mostly inoffensive like it wasn't anything where um when they announced jimmy smith was gone i was like oh huge loss but i was like you know, I didn't mind him. I, I didn't mind him at all. I actually thought he was fine in the role, uh, but I'm not going to miss it. But I will say this. You, my friend, said the magic word of the day. Uh, because in, in talking about everything on commentary there, you used the phrase of the night. And that's holy shit. Because oh, I was like, um, the phrase? <laughs> you actually said it. You said the magic word. Yay. Because that was the phrase of the night that we almost heard multiple times throughout the show but kept getting censored but it was a phrase that played all throughout the show it certainly did so i guess that's going to go ahead and lead us into our next topic so let's get right into it let's talk about dx i know they cl- they opened the show and also closed the show so we're just going to talk about it all together uh obviously 25 year celebration this was something that was announced well in advance and basically we kicked off the show with them doing like a little backstage uh they were in gorilla and uh you had you know you had them basically doing this whole thing where they were like, okay, are you ready? Are you ready? And finally, uh, they point to Triple H, and Triple H got, you know, he's in the new role. He's got the, he's got the headset. He's on the computer, et cetera. He's got the glasses. And he's like, I'm ready. So he gets up there, and he basically tells the guys, like, hey, there's going to be no cursing on the show, no talking about genitals on the show. You can't say penis. And this basically leads to them saying penis and being bleeped out and saying uh 
curse words and being bleeped out and then finally showing the uh the four cocks on the uh screen and <laughs> will don't make that face when i say four cocks it made me you made it worse for me i was like here it goes i gotta say it all right but we end up getting you know obviously the you know the whole play on words and whatnot and i love that the closing image of that final opening scene was triple h with his uh, with the cock in the right hand all right (laughs) i'm gonna keep going man you know what um so (laughs) that was basically how we opened up the show uh with dx obviously and then we saw them a little bit uh throughout the show but it was mainly obviously we got to talk about the finale the closing of the show which was a very simple straightforward celebration they come out uh we have uh we have x-pac basically uh giving a shout out to china which i thought was great to hear Uh, he always makes sure to mention her obviously and uh Shawn Michaels takes the mic and he says, you know what, 25 years, if we're still doing this, you know, put us out to pasture type of thing. Uh, So with that being said, what did you think of the entire 25 year celebration of DX? Uh, Okay, so uh, I'll start with the 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 backstage segment and the fact that I retweeted my buddy Colin Harris, shout out Colin Harris, because it was a great tweet. Uh, and I almost want to pull it up because I can't do it justice without probably butchering it. But uh, your buddy X-Pac was the the subject here. Colin Harris tweeted today, and I'm sorry I blew up your spot, Colin, because I know you weren't <laughs> expecting that many retweets. But uh, you, he said, how did X-Pac go from the lamest member of DX to the only one I'd want to be seen in public with? And that oh. was how I felt also, because like... <laughs> Road Dog is so old, and I don't know how he got so old so fast, but it he, like, from his last Raw appearance, jumped from, like, 50 to, like, 80 very quickly, and uh, Road Dog just felt very old and uncool. And then you have Shawn Michaels, who's, like, kind of been uncool for the last, like, 20 years. And that's okay. That's been Shawn Michaels. It's been his thing that, like, he, he well, is. Well, they make fun of the fact it. that they can't use the internet or the computer or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, that's been his thing. He knows it. But then X-Pac shows up, sunglasses on, just looking like a total badass, right? He comes out. He gives a shout-out to China. <laughs> Xbox's the guy here. Like, who would have guessed that 25 years into DX when, like, X-Pac heat was a phrase and people literally from the time he turned on Kane just wanted X-Pac off their TVs. No, X-Pac was the coolest guy here. He came off as the guy with still with the most swagger. He came off as the guy who like still had it going on and it was cool. Like X-Pac was X-Pac. He had the shades. He had the leather jacket, the ribbed jeans. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's." And he's like that, by the way, all the time. Like, I, you know, I've you know, obviously he was my boss for three years, but even like I see him at GCW all the time in LA, and I, you know, a bunch of different shows I get to see him, and every time he comes in, you know, just looking like super cool with the bag, the black, the shades. Sometimes he wears the hats, and he's bringing the style. Yeah, Xbox still has it, like. I loved it. I absolutely, that was the guy I was focused on the most this entire time here. As I'm like, you know what? The the bunch of them are a bunch of geriatric executives. And then here you have X-Pac, who's still freaking cool. Love it. X-Pac. Shout out X-Pac. Uh, as far as the in-ring segment was concerned, pretty much when you looked up at the end of our main event, uh, Matt Riddle versus Sami Zayn, and you're like, 
uh there's like eight minutes till the top of the hour what's even left here so you almost knew that all it was gonna be was the dx entrance the catchphrases and then good night everybody um i don't know what i was expecting i guess going into the show like maybe there'd be an angle like i know that some people were speculating oh what if they interact with the judgment day what if they interact with uh the bloodline you know we could see dx and you know, putting over a new star, who knows what's going to happen here. And it was like, no, it was just DX and the catchphrases. And that's, but I feel like for the most part, that's the gist of what we get whenever they do these things. And I feel like it's just like a heartwarming, okay, like, let's go out there. Let's all have our moment. We're all together. And, you know, let's say the things that the fans love to hear and the fans react and then let's call it a day. So I feel like that's kind of what we're used to now though. Right. And I like it. I feel like that's that's just what it is. Well, the last major appearance DX had on Raw, that was the one where they'd like beat the shit out of FTR. And so, um, but of course that was back when like Hunter could do a pedigree. So like that we could at least see something. I don't think he was ever going to get any action in, in this case. So I don't know what I was expecting, but we do have this Humper chat here. Uh, we got quite a few actually. One. Yeah. Uh, this one we have uh, a long time watcher. Sorry, I never chat in. First off, I acknowledge all of you Fightful family. So I was watching tonight, last night, uh, and I could be fishing, but Triple H has made a modern day DX. And he goes on to say that Roman Reigns is Triple H. Solo is Sean. The uh, Usos are the New Age Outlaws. And Sammy is X-Pac. Yes that's actually not that bad um i mean only if you kind of look at it from the perspective of like i can't say solo with sean right because like sean was no i can't that's too that's yeah, too that's, like, that's, that's the only that's, one that like, re- like that's reaching that's reaching that one's reaching but when you think about dx not necessarily in their uh i want to say heyday uh their baby face form but like when you think more so along the lines of uh what was it McMahon Helmsley DX, right? Where like Hunter was really just like a dominant heel who wasn't really like doing any of the the crotch chops or jokes anymore. He was just really a guy with three lackeys behind him and Billy Gunn and Road Dog and X Pac. That comparison I'll take. That one I can see because then you kind of have like Stephanie and Paul Heyman kind of fit. That one kind of works. If we're talking about like mainstay DX, not really. But either way, not too bad. We got a humper chat here from D'Lo Diggs, who's a 20-month member, by the way. So shout out to D'Lo Diggs for being a member for such a long time. Uh, he says here uh, that the the Fightful main uh, he says the Fightful main roster that Corey Graves lined, the other guy is doing stuff with the office equipment, popped yeah. me to the most extreme. We obviously need to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> did you think that there was any sort of chance that we would be seeing uh, Billy Gunn uh, appear tonight? Was there, there like any some- chance, in your opinion? Uh, there were rumors floating, but like it wouldn't have made any sense. Um, just because, like, I don't know. One, it's Tony Khan's birthday today, and like, there's like no freaking way I could absolutely see him saying, Yes, please go to the company that has been contract tampering me uh, on my birthday. Please do that. Um, I could, like, it, it doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense, but no, it doesn't. Uh, and I but think, at the like, same he- time, 
I mean, even if he did, like, let's say he would have done it, like, it would have been like, oh, yeah, that would have been nice, you know, and everybody would have been talking, we would have been here, like, what's going on, you know, talking about it. But I think at some point, like, you know, we will not you will you we have both been at these media scrums at the last media scrum, he made it pretty clear that he was, you know, not necessarily too happy with them. Like, while he didn't go into a lot of details, there was enough that gave us that assumption. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, there's, I think the days of letting people make those appearances like he let all those guys make those appearances for the the john cena 20 year celebration and then they turned around and like contract tampered him so like i can see where he's like yeah i'm not doing that again we got a super chat here from joel wood thank you so much to joel wood joel wood who says it never fails denise always gets me in trouble at work with her porn references you're welcome joel wood <laughs> you caught Boy. that right you caught that you caught <laughs> yes. that i made yes. sure to put a little extra emphasis okay okay i don't want to be the person that has to explain my joke but here we are um all right we actually got another humper chat in btw guys if you do want to send in your humper chats go to humperchats.com and you can get yours read on here and it also helps support the stream but we got one here from uh from Wazim, who says, if you are going to celebrate DX and not highlight them during the show showing clips and so forth what is even the point do you think we needed more of that no um and the only reason i say that, like i get that's a thing we're like accustomed to in wwe but also like i'm a big fan and proponent of the fact that guys they run a live show and like the worst thing about live shows to me is video packages if like having to sit there and watch those on the tron and so uh especially in a three-hour show like just give me the show please just give me the show yeah but we DX... did sit through like a whole three minute recap of what happened with the judgment day and Rey mysterio and all of that today right and so we don't need any more of that like dx stuff exists it's out there it's on the network it's on um or it's on peacock it's on youtube there's no place you can go or can't go without seeing like dx stuff all righty. Well, let's go ahead and jump into some more. Once again, if you do want to send in your super chats, your humper chats, get them in here. But let's go ahead and go into the bloodline now, because there was a lot in here, too, that I want to talk about, especially because uh, you and I haven't talked too much about the bloodline just yet. Will, so I'm curious about your thoughts. But we essentially have the bloodline going out there. And Roman is basically talking about, you know, the weakest link in the group. And then this turns into him getting into the face of Jay Uso. And then finally, uh, to kind of cool things down, Sami Zayn kind of like butts in there. And so Roman kind of like lets him take over, which is what we saw also on this past Friday night. So then uh, Sammy goes in there and he starts going on and on and telling uh, Jay Uso that his behavior hasn't been very Usy. And <laughs> this gets over so fast. The crowd starts chanting Usy. And now everybody like, you know, wants to talk about being OC or not. And then he tells Jay, like, you know, you're not very cool. You need to be cooler. And then he puts over all the other guys for being much cooler, which was pretty funny because you had Jimmy who was there with his, like, big smile and being all happy because they're putting him over for being cool. So it was really funny. Uh, finally, we have Matt Riddle comes out, comes, comes out. He basically wants another shot at the title. Roman's like, nah, you got to go to the back of the line. And uh, he says, like, hey, can I have a shot with any of the other Bloodline members? And this all leads to Sami Zayn versus Matt Riddle. We do get Matt Riddle versus Sam Sami Zayn in the main event of the night. And we got Olay Chance for Sami Zayn. This was a pretty fun match. We got it lasted quite a bit too. I think we had like two commercial breaks during it, but we did end up seeing Matt Riddle uh, get the win, even though we did see some some somewhat 
uh, some some sort of interferences from Jay or at least trying to get involved, like the Usos trying to get involved in this match. Um, so let's go ahead and kick this off with the beginning portion. Will, how did you feel about the interactions with Sami Zayn, the whole Usi thing, and then this basically leading to that match? Um, well, I'll start by saying, chat, I acknowledge that my connection has gone stupid and they're calling me 16-bit Will. Uh, so... Thank you. I may have to just refresh this at some point. That's probably just going to make the most sense here any second. But uh, as far as Sammy and the the Bloodline, I love Sammy and the Bloodline. I think this is one of the best things WWE has going today. I think that uh, the entire presentation of it all has just been firing on all cylinders pretty much since Sammy was officially inducted into the uh, into the bloodline. I had this glimmer of hope just a little bit when Roman's entrance hit and the 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 assy looking AR graphics like didn't animate like they were just kind of still and I was like oh my god did somebody backstage finally realize those look like shit and have always looked like shit and you should stop doing them because they like you talk about 16-bit Will, that looks like 64-bit <laughs> Roman Reigns. And uh, no, all of that, the, the, it sucks. And so I, I was already pleased. Like right off the top of the show, I was like, all right, we are in full force right now. Um, but okay, I can't take the remarks of the chat anymore. I have to refresh. Okay, Give you go like refresh. I'll read seconds. the comments. Don't worry. Read the Take comments. Your, do your thing, Will. <laughs> do your thing. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, keep this going for now. Um, all right. So we did get a super chat here from uh, Anti and Brick, who says that Sammy Uso is the real tribal chief. And I think one of the things we really – oh, that oh, was I'm fast. I'm Salcedo now. It's always fast. Okay. Do you want to swap his back? Oh, there you go. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so one of the things, uh, so Anti and Brick pulls out this uh, super chat here that says Sammy Uso is the real tribal chief. One of the things to know is that Sammy Zayn is, oh, man, he's more over than ever, I feel. Like this is really like the most over he has ever felt. And that really, really came through to this segment. And then also let you finish talking about what you were talking about, Will. Yeah, maybe because uh... – it's just gonna have to fix itself i apologize <laughs> folks i don't know what's going on with my internet today or yesterday because we were also this having this problem happens to you when you're doing shows with, with me with you <laughs> because this doesn't happen on grap city or day after dynamite although you were on day after dynamite this week but this yeah, just is yeah. happening yeah um anyway i'll still try and get my words out here and so your that... audio's coming in great so your audio's great. good then, then you can deal with me looking all robotic. But Sammy, I thought, again, just killed this segment. And the best part of it all is that you get this sense from Roman Reigns, and I think he's playing this role so well, where he comes off like he's just handing Sammy more and more rope and just keeps handing Sammy more and more rope and is smiling and happy to hand Sammy all of this rope because he's eventually going to hang him with it. And I think that... Uh, the way Roman is emoting and the way Roman is getting cut off by Sammy, he's like, yeah, Sammy, go ahead. Go ahead and and, and let Jay know what's up. And, uh, and Jay, I thought, again, just continues to play his role here. Honestly, I think the unsung hero of all of this is 
Jimmy and that Jimmy is just standing there with the shit eating grin. And it's so great. The way that he just stands there just smiling like, I don't care about none of this. I'm just happy that my family's together. Like that He's stuff like, is I'm great. Just, I'm just happy this doesn't that I'm not the problem. I don't gotta deal with this. Yeah, and all, all of this stuff is is has been excellent. Um I thought Riddle here was uh a little bit back on the hokier side. Um they didn't seem to be able to connect over the fact that well, was it Yeet or Ye? I don't know. They didn't seem to know either. Um then again, this was kind of a night where everybody's just throwing out African-American vernacular English on their show and nobody truly knows how to use it. And so uh, I was going to say, uh, I had to go. Well, I'm going to sound really, really like uncool right are. now, but I had to Google what Yeet meant. OK, I'm sorry. I didn't know what it meant. And then it said the it, Google said something about throwing down or throwing it out or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, I'm uncool. Be, yes. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, so then I didn't so, get it in the context yeah, that's, of, that's, so were they using it properly? The yeet thing? Um, I mean, so yeet, no. Ye, yes. And so that's where they kept getting like it confused. They kept going back and, and forth, right? Right. And so that and that it was like I felt like Riddle got it, but Sammy didn't. And then Riddle was like, okay, I'm just going to go with what Sammy's saying. And so I didn't feel like any of that was connecting the way it was supposed right. to. But then again, who gives a shit? It was supposed to be funny. I Okay, because I heard I heard Matt Riddle say yeet. But then uh-huh. I heard Sammy Zane say yeet. So I was like, okay, well, clearly I'm in, I thought I was in the wrong here. And I didn't realize that it was just them not being on the same page of like, were they going with ye or were they going with yeet? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. It felt like they just weren't on the same page. 
and eventually one just gave in to the other and just stopped. So I don't know. We got a Humphrey chat here from uh, Sass1000 who says, did I miss something when Logan referred to Jay as the tribal chief? I get what they were trying to do, but kind of feels like out of nowhere with Jay. Uh, do you have any thoughts or something on this, Will? Because I have my my thoughts on this, but I'm going to give you the shot here. Um, I think I got what they were supposed to be doing. I just think that like Logan's not good at this right now. And so what he delivered didn't come off as trying to lay the dissension in the group, trying to say that, hey, Jay's been the one trying to call the shots here. And uh, what's up with that? I got, I got what they were supposed to be doing, but it also was Logan Paul. And he is, uh, he'll get there, maybe. Because uh, he got there in the ring in two matches. But uh, as far as, doing this in-ring role, I don't feel like he's there yet, and I just feel like there was a disconnect between what he was trying to say and what the audience was picking up. By the way, my picture finally fixed. Thank you, everybody. I thought a lot of it had to do also with the previous history that Roman and Jay had, so that was one of the things that I kind of, like, also took from that, and th that's kind of a little bit of how I read it on top of, like, him wanting to be, like, the manipulator in this segment and trying to turn them against each other with it somewhat, you know, working, obviously. So that's kind of how I read this entire uh, segment on SmackDown. Uh, but thank you so much to Sass1000 for getting your Humper Chat in. Uh, we got another one in here from Orion Ben 666 who says, Sammy Pops equal uh, equaling RVD early ECW pops crazy. Uh, that pop man, it is there for Sami Zayn. The people love the man, and you can't it's, blame. It, I don't know anybody who hates Sami Zayn. And if you're out getting, there, you're wrong. It's getting more and more over every single yeah. week. And again, the moment Roman decides he's done with this, I think you know WWE's kind of done a good job of just like embracing the cheers. Roman gets cheered, whatever. It's fine. I think a big part of that is now knowing that the crowd is going to crucify him the moment he decides he's done with Sami Zayn, the moment that smile that he keeps giving to him turns serious and he gives the go-ahead for the bloodline to beat the shit out of him, and that moment where Sami's reaching off for Jimmy Uso and Jimmy kind of gives him that sad look of, sorry, man, and they just beat the shit out of him, that's going to be like, I, I, on, I tweeted earlier, I think that's going to be like an all-time great television moment when it happens. And it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Uh, I just, I believe so. It's going to happen. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, I love Sammy, but I hate his theme song. Do you really? I like his theme song. We oh, hate song his sucks, theme song now? It sucks so bad. It's, it's especially considering how good his previous theme is, and now they just kind of troll us with, hey, ready for that great theme? Too bad. This one sucks. And uh, there's no personality in it. There's no... Okay, uh, but so many of the songs nowadays don't have any personality in them. Let's be real. There's a, quite so, a few. But you have those. So just get the one back. It's I not know. like you don't have the one that people love for Sammy, the one people love to hear. It's It stinks. Uh, no, All right. That song it is stinks. Really it's canceled. How sad. Poor Sami Zayn's theme song. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Austin Theory. Johnny Gargano. I thought they had a pretty damn good match here tonight. Honestly, I pretty much enjoyed this one a whole lot. Um, there was the, the they were telling the whole story about, you know, the teacher and the mentor, the teacher and the student type of thing. And will he, you know, overcome his 
teacher, right? That was the whole gist that they were going about here. Um, I mentioned earlier the moment where uh, Corey Graves really, really made sure to put over the fact that uh, Austin Theory had locked in the Gargano escape. And I appreciated that from Corey Graves because that was clearly pivotal to the story of this match. And I love that Austin Theory, you know, tried, you know, locking in the Gargano escape. Obviously, it didn't work out for him. And uh, there was a moment er later on in the match where Johnny locks in the Gargano escape, but then Theory uh, gets out of it and super kicks Gargano. I thought that little uh, sequence was pretty good, uh, pretty enjoyable. Uh, Gargano with his DDTs on Theory. I mean, I tweeted this out, but man, I always pop for Gargano's DDTs, whether he does them on the outside or he tries to do them on the apron. In the ring, it doesn't matter. They always kind of like get me because there's always that like snap that you hear right afterwards uh johnny gargano gets the win i thought this was a pretty decent match will how did you feel about it um i felt pretty good about it uh i want to correct something being said in the chat by the way because we're talking about theme songs and somebody had said that uh it can't be used if uh cfos made it that's not true there's like 10 themes right now being used that are cfo themes kevin owens's theme is a cfo's theme um it's it's at their discretion because there's uh between them and cfos there is a monetary split i forget what it was directly in the contract so don't quote me on this but i know that um there is a higher royalty share with cfos than with previous uh, and so that's why they want out of as many CFO themes as they can get out of. But if it's like one that's iconic, like Kevin Owens' theme, um, they'll use it. They can use it if they, they want to. It's just a matter of will they. Um, but as far as this match was concerned, so they were in the Barclays Center. And I had expectations for the Barclays Center as a crowd simply because I've been in the Barclays Center. Um, I was there when Johnny Gargano faced Adam Cole at NXT TakeOver New York, Brooklyn, and we saw Johnny Gargano win the NXT Championship. I was there that night. I've seen Barclays Center be off the charts loud, and I've seen them be off the charts loud for Johnny Gargano. So having those kind of expectations being here, or watching it this time, I felt like they were kind of subdued here. Uh, specifically for this match, I felt like they weren't all that into Johnny. And but can you really it, can? Do you feel like it's a fair comparison to compare it to that NXT Takeover and then to no, this? No, it's not. It's not a fair take. Uh, it's not a fair comparison simply because we're talking about Raw versus Takeover. But also, it's it's got me a little bit concerned, and I'll keep watching for it. But it has me a little bit concerned for uh, just how over Johnny Gargano might actually be with fans. And uh, as in not enough. Yeah, like, I think there may have been some overestimation based on, you know, they brought him back in that Canadian crowd. Canadian crowds tend to be a lot more, um, obviously, they tend to be louder, a lot more yeah, louder, but Boisterous. also more, more. But what I was going to say is they're more in touch with products that aren't necessarily just the raw and smackdowns of the world. They're more in touch with the NXTs and the AEWs and things like that. And so when I, I think there may have been some overestimation based on that crowd reaction as to how other crowds would react to Johnny. And I'm, we're kind of starting to see that it's starting to be a little worrisome. Um, the match was good though. And uh, theory, Austin theory. I think I saw on Twitter, he's won one match since becoming money in the yes. bank. Uh, 
that's really bad but also like really good because i also don't want to see him become champion at all there's nothing about him right now that should be wwe champion um you know the i keep playing it out of my head that i just want to see him continue to attempt to cash in and fail until like next year's money in the bank when that's his last chance to do so and he still fails at it and they're like oh your money in the bank expired you don't get the cash in and he's the first person to just like never cash in a money in the bank um but as far as he's concerned, they've definitely put him in no position to feel like he should be on his way toward a WWE championship. Not even close. Uh, and I, I have concerns about how he would rebound from any of that. See, here's the thing about theory. Like, you know, it started off with him being like being the, I don't know, the pet project that Vince McMahon was like shoving down our throats and like nobody was getting it. It was really weird for a couple of months. It just wasn't really working out. And then it kind of caused for us, like I kind of felt like to the point where I didn't want to see Austin Theory on my TV screen. But I've said this before on past Rob Hoshas, but ever since, you know, Triple H, you know, took over and all of that, I, there has been like a, I think a big enough change in Austin theory, or at least a decent enough change in Austin theory where I don't feel like, Oh, I don't want to see him on my TV, my TV anymore. I don't feel that way. Like, I'm just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not seeing what Vince McMahon saw just yet in terms of like putting him in that championship spot. But I also don't like not want to see the guy, but I do think because of everything that Vince McMahon did with him previously, I feel like that's the reason why in this match, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory, the crowd wasn't as interested in it because it was Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory. So I do feel like a lot of it has to do too with like, you know, this being the story, this being the match. A lot of people still not taking, still not wanting to take Austin Theory uh, seriously. You can't blame them because of everything that we saw prior with him and Vince Mc, with um with what Vince McMahon did with him. So I do think that's a big like portion of this. I feel like if we were seeing Johnny Gargano and I don't know, Matt Riddle, and we were watching it today on the show, I feel like the, you know, the Brooklyn, like the Brooklyn crowd would be like, yeah. And I just feel like it's so different too, because I, I was there for that. You know, the Brook, the, the takeovers, I think is just, an, it was like, a different period in time where yes. that was the, you know, that was the, the place to be. That was the popular place to be. If you were at a takeover, you were where the cool kids are. You know, this is where we watch good wrestling. This is where we care about everything. And holy shit, the fans are hyped and we're part of this, you know, NXT community. And unfortunately, that's not caring. That has not carried on over, I think, to like, you know, the main roster. Yeah, I, I think there's there's places where that's not necessarily going to click. But I, I, I'm not saying that to say that, the, you know, just write Johnny off. I am saying that it might take a a stronger angle to yes. get Johnny there. Yes. That, it, that I think they brought him in just kind of resting on the idea that, oh, you know, he had his NXT run. Here he is now. And I think um, that's not that, enough. And we've seen that, it for other people that it's not yeah, enough. It's not enough. And I think. Uh, there's going to need to be a little bit of, of tooling here. There were a couple of places where the crowd absolutely did not care, and, and I'm ready to talk about some of those others uh, shortly. But um, as you were talking about theory. Theory is in a place where, yeah, I do think he still has the stink on him from essentially last winter going into the spring, and he still has the stink of the, the selfie stuff and, and pretty much being McMahon's 
chosen guy but like not over at all and uh also his theme music like really stinks and so there's that too like um i was i told sean last week it's the least atlanta sounding a town song of all time there's never been like whiter music that says a town down in it i can't believe this is like somebody's actual theme song but it sucks um and i think to me, that plays a big part in it, but also just I think he does still have this thing. But I feel like he has been trying to change it up as a character, and I'm hoping that eventually that becomes more of a lasting bit with him because I think he can turn it around. It's just going to take time because, again, there is the the stink of the selfie dude yeah. on him. That's got to go away. It's I do really think he could turn it around. And I know it because like even just like within myself, I feel like the interest, my interest is a little bit, there's a little bit more interest from my personal, you know, viewership experience, whatever you want to call it with Austin Theory, you know, like there was a point where like, and people watch these shows where I was like, God damn it, I don't get it. This sucks. This is horrible. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't know, you know, like I feel a little bit more like lenient about it, I guess you can say. But we got a super chat here from Joel Wood who says, Will, does your talent television work i heard johnny wrestling chance the cargano escape as well maybe i was listening to the wrong show i mean it's not to say that the reactions don't exist they're just more subdued than say when he first came in or like brock lesnar comes in and all of a sudden this crowd goes ape shit right and uh and we just like the thing is you have to watch like if you're watching the rest of the show like you kind of baseline it right first thing we saw was the bloodline crowd going insane next thing we see <clears throat> even seeing riddle out there again crowd going the crowd giving him a pretty good reaction with the bro chance and all of that and so this coming right after that i think is why i felt like they weren't giving him nearly as much as they were giving other things in the show not to say there's nothing but it is more subdued and then, I don't know if it says anything, but this was really like the only super chat that we got about this Johnny Gargano Austin theory thing. So if you want to use that for your argument, Will, I think you've got something there. All right. So now let's go ahead and get into everything that happened with Rey Mysterio and Chad Gable. And that led to Judgment Day that led to a whole bunch of other stuff. So this, this is a long segment. This is a long segment with a lot in it. So let's uh, break. I'm going to separate the. Ray Mysterio Judgment Day stuff from the stuff we really want to talk about. So let's break it up there. So obviously this starts off with Ray Mysterio uh, versus Chad Gable. And uh, uh, Dom and Rhea are on the outside and they're watching this match. Actually, all the members of Judgment Day are out there at some point. I think the first just focused on, Ray, on Dominic and uh, Rhea Ripley. Okay, so... I don't even remember who won this match. It was Ray, right? Ray won, yeah. Ray, Ray won. won. Okay, I didn't even write that down. I should tell you how much interest I had. But <laughs> here we go. Let's go into the post-match stuff here. Um, So post-match, we had this whole, because this is the whole thing that they've been doing here is that, you know, Ray Mysterio will not put his hands on Dominic. And Dominic is, you know, that uh, he's finally apparently hit his adolescent stage at like 24, 25 years old, even though we all hit it at 14, 13, whatever. Uh Dominic's finally in his adolescent age. <laughs> um, so he basically says that, you know, he's getting in Ray's face and he's like, wanting him. he's yeah, he's like, hit me, hit me over and over and over again. And he won't do it. Ray Mysterio puts his hand behind his back and he won't do it. Um, I'm literally yelling from my TV screen, just going, God damn it, Ray Mysterio, just freaking hit Dominic already at this point. I was so annoyed with this whole hit me stuff. Uh, 
I was terribly annoyed by it, but whatever. So Rey Mysterio ends up going after the other members of the Judgment Day. And then this is where um, we'll cut it from here because then this is going to go into the other stuff. So let's talk about this Judgment Day Mysterio portion first. How did you feel about Dominic yelling in his dad's face saying hit me and all of that? I mean... I, I posted it earlier, but I will never not be reminded of the day that Alfie and Dee Dee uh, had their talk on my brother and me and Alfie recommended to Dee Dee to deal with his bully hit me and it didn't end up working out in his favor. And that's how I keep feeling about this moment. And I keep waiting for Ray to finally just be like, OK, and then just like haul off and punch him in the face. It's going to happen. Obviously, this isn't the time for that. Um I will say I'm getting more into Dominic Mysterio. I feel like uh, I have been. Was one it the of his slap friends. that did it? Because he did slap his dad. I forgot to yeah. mention that. Sorry, guys. I, I have honestly been probably Dominic's harshest critic for the last two years. I have felt like this kid doesn't have it. Like, find a new job, go like change tires or something. But honestly, I feel like uh, the last couple of weeks, it's kind of come together for him. And. I have kind of You're been being really him. nice, Will. No, I, it has. Like, to me, I feel like I'm kind of into him, like, beating up his dad. I think part of it was um, <laughs> at uh, Extreme Rules, right? Like, Michael Cole really helped sell that, I think. Uh, and maybe that was why I was so into it, was Michael Cole's just absolute disgust at the idea of this man uh, beating up on his father and his father wanting to do nothing back to him. Um, I think that helped it a lot. But no, I haven't minded Dominic Mysterio pretty much like the last couple of weeks. All right. Well, <laughs> you don't feel the same way. You think he stinks. Just say it. Just say like, it's not happening. Dominic Mysterio, NXT is not even going to work for you. I'm just, this, I'm going to put all the words into Nice Salcedo's mouth. She's going to say, well, Look, I want to it's, cry. It's not going to work in any way, shape, or form. Hold on, hold on. For you, let's try Dominic something. Mysterio. I'm just okay. going to mouth fake words and then you tell me like what you think I want to say. I'm just going to say okay. nonsense. Nonsense. Dominic Mysterio is absolutely not it. He will never be it. This man doesn't have what it takes in the ring. He doesn't have what it takes on the mic. He comes off dull. I don't believe him wanting to beat up his dad. He's a dork. He's not cool. Don't even put him in NXT. Just send him to Burger King. <laughs> do I? Send him to Burger King? <laughs> Okay, well then you know what, Will? If that's how you feel that I feel, I'm gonna let you stick with that. <laughs> I'm not even gonna come out here and issue a correction or anything. I look, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> he's getting better reactions. You know what? People, people boo. Like people are, he's getting some heat. Good. That's great. That's more than I thought he'd be getting. But I really and I like I like he's a kid. I like him. You know, he's, he's a nice guy. This is I'm just talking about the character, you know, but I don't I just can't buy it. I mean, you're feuding with your father and you're coming out with the same facial expression every time. Come on, you literally had this opportunity today. You know, when he was doing the whole hit me stuff, it was just so like bland, like, bro, you're feuding with your father, your father, who's this legend. You're on Monday Night Raw season premiere. Like, let's put some like aggression, some intensity, you know, into that. I feel more intense talking about this segment. Uh, I just, it, for me, it's like, I really need that like, 
the selling of it, you know, it's just like, it's too bland for me. I have to really suspend my disbelief with this entire thing. Like the only reason why I found it tolerable at one point was legitimately just because I can laugh about the Rhea and Dominic jokes that they make. I, I that's That was to me the most enjoyable part just because like we all know, you know, how people are with Rhea Ripley and like it was so like ironic that like now the insinuation is that Dominic and Rhea are, you know, doing the thing. So it's like, that's really the only, to me, the only thing that I can find tolerable in this. But I would just like a little bit more passion, a little bit more skill when it comes to like, you're feuding Everything. with you're feuding with your dad like this doesn't get you're not just feuding with some random guy that you don't like no this is your father like let's act like it so that's kind of how i feel but let's see what we got here this is from joel wood who says for all the flack that dom and judgment day get listen to the crowd every single week they get the most heat every single week in every single arena and that's something that i did mention because i was not expecting that whatsoever i will say this and this isn't me talking out of my ass this is me having spoken to somebody in production uh, the last two weeks, they have been going back to um, not fully. They're not doing it during matches at all, but they are at times using the Thunderdome sounds again, which they were using the entire time they were back on the road. So the whole, here's the thing. They started using it when they went back on the road. Um, they never stopped using them pretty much. Uh, when they went back on the road, it was like a Vince McMahon directive of, look, we're going to manufacture these reactions. And pretty much everything from last July till uh, just like three months ago was like a fake reaction, right? Like everything. They weren't using any real reactions on TV. Um, and then, you know, it was a Hunter directive to stop doing that. The last like two weeks, they've been using it for backstage segments, for entrances, and uh, and then like just like, promos and stuff like that they haven't used it during matches at all hunter hates that it's not a thing you're going to see during matches it's just not going to happen but they have been using the sound effects part way through the show so it's kind of hard to you can if you're listening close enough you can hear what's legitimate and what isn't like sometimes they'll they'll really pour on the booze on certain segments um the i feel Dominic like the judgment day, out- i feel like the judgment day stuff feels legitimate yeah the stuff that wasn't was uh damage control tonight was not and so um, those that was the difference. And you can hear it if you're listening for it, like especially in the damage control one, like it had an abrupt cutoff. Um, and I, that's that's the stuff I hate is when uh, there's these boos and it's just like stops. And it's like that. That's not how that works. It's not how that happens. You're like, hey, bro, um, fade it out. Fade it out. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like have it gradually go down. Nobody just stops booing like immediately. Boo. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and the whole entire crowd, like all of a sudden everyone's on the same page. Boo. Stop. Yeah. Uh, right. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's like, I get why they do it. Like I know Daniel Cormier's like the cheers in his entrance on Sunday were canned. Um, but like, the rest weren't. Uh, I know Riddles weren't and Seths weren't, but I think they just weren't sure how the fans were going to react to Daniel Cormier. So they were like, screw it. Let's just pepper in some cheers and hope nobody notices. All righty. Well, this is the next topic we're going to get into that obviously basically morphed into this. And this is what we got tons and tons of comments on. So here we go. go. Um, Rhea Ripley starts off cutting this promo and, you know, she starts it off uh, talking about how the judgment, they're the judgment day and they run Monday Night Raw. Uh, Finn goes out there and he starts saying how, you know, that he doesn't miss and this and that. Uh, he celebrates making Edge say I quit. And we get this like not needed, very long recap of Extreme Rules, which 
which we did not need. Finally, we get uh, Dominic going on about how watching Rhea in action does it for him and it does it for and he knows he does it does it for everybody else. Um, and then finally, after this, we get uh, Finn, Finn Balor starts addressing AJ Styles. AJ Styles finally comes out and he basically swerves Finn and says that he is going to join him from the like he's he, he swerves him he gets down on the knee he does this whole uh hugs Finn Balor and you're thinking like okay either they're screwing us the fans because I did fall for this for like a split second but what? it was the second the second he how the second he hugged him I was like all right here we go I'm waiting I'm waiting now for the good brothers to come out so you know you sensed it especially like the builds up and everything and all like the things that AJ Styles was saying and finally you know he talks about friends and not wanting to be alone and he finally introduces uh, Gallows and Anderson who make their way out there uh, they come out there beat up the judgment day and now Gallows and Anderson are back so what are your thoughts on this Will? I guess we're even for last week you saying that uh, Britt Baker saying that Soraya is not clear was like extremely obvious who couldn't see that coming. Well, now I'm on the other side of that, right? Cause like, how did you not see where this was going? No, I saw ob- where it was going, but it was until that he started talking about the friends and stuff. That's when like, I started knowing where things were going and the hug and all of I that. I felt like the moment the he walked before, out, the moment he walked out when he walked out. No, that's a no, little too soon for me. Yeah, and the reason I say that was just cause like, okay, he's walking into a one-on-four situation. Who would willingly walk into that? Like, it's like wrestling. There's psychos out there, Will. But it's usually a wrestling cliche where if a babyface is about to walk into a circle of heels, it's because they know somebody has their back. That's like wrestling 101, right? So uh, I'll say this. First off, Finn Balor. Um, Finn Balor's confidence as a heel is so great because – um, it's not so much that Judgment Day in itself is any good. Some might even say it's not at all. But Finn Balor has the confidence behind it to make it so that doesn't really matter. He comes off like somebody who uh, is believing what he's doing and is uh, comfortable in what he's doing. I thought too legit to quit was a great line. I was really hoping for the oh, crowd to then go. super cheesy. No, I wanted the crowd to I'm then jump into. too legit to quit. And what do you, did he say Finn? He said something with his name in it at one point. I forgot what it was. But I just wanted the crowd to too legit, too legit to quit. But no, I guess I can't crown on you, Barclay Center, to give me my MC Hammer chant. So uh, I guess it's going to have to go back to. I've only been in one arena that actually did it, and it was at legit Layla Hirsch, by the way. But I was hoping that this crowd hearing it would actually break out into too legit to quit. We didn't get it. But, uh, yeah, AJ Styles, he's back with Good Brothers. This was a cool moment. Good for the Good Brothers. They got a great pop, a great reaction. Crowd, holy shit, chanted here because that was the chant of the night tonight. Uh, and it was even censored. This was the first time that it happened, and it was getting censored as it was happening, and you start to feel like, oh, no, is this going to be the rest of the night? Uh, But AJ Styles, he did fake out Finn Balor. The OC is back. This is cool. Um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I guess my only worry is, is this it for Gallows and Anderson? Do they not have anything else? Like, it's weird that the last, oh, I don't know, six years of their career has been spent referencing, like, a two-year period of their careers where um, it's just constantly going back to, hey, remember that time we were in Japan and in the Bullet Club? Like, I feel like we just keep constantly going back to that. Uh I want to see this match. I think that Finn and uh, the Judgment Day versus, I guess I said that out loud. And I'm like, you have to put Dominic in this match. <laughs> but you know what? I think versus the OC could end up being something cool, something fun. Um, there is the past ties with uh, Finn Balor and AJ here. Like I said, slight concerns over the fact that we're going back to this well again when we've been here with the Good Brothers and Finn Balor. We've been here with the Good Brothers and AJ. We've been here with AJ and Finn before. We've been all of these places before. And I'm not just knocking WWE for this. I'll knock AEW for this. Nobody seems to have an original idea for these guys. The moment that AEW got their hands on the Good Brothers, what was it? It was, oh, let's pair it with Kenny. Too sweet. It's the Bullet Club again. Like, it's amazing how they have spent six years of their career referencing a two-year period. Um... And I'm hoping that after this, they actually have something new for them. And it's not just like a, all right, guys, now do something else, Bullet Club. Uh, Or, all right, we're releasing you again because we got this one out of the way. I hope that's not the case. So, um, and that's that's that. And, And I see somebody in the chat said that the OC feels more separated from the Bullet Club at this point. What do you think the C is supposed to be? The, the original club. It's supposed to be the OC. That's what this is. Um, but, all right, all right. Sorry. Sorry. No worries. We got a lot here. We got tons of Humper Chats and Super Chats on this one. Like, this is the topic that everyone wants to talk about. But first and foremost, I'll start off by saying that the second that Triple H took over, we knew that there was going to be this possibility of them, you know, coming back into the company and whatnot. Um, the things that I automatically thought in regards to this was, okay, I think given where they're at at this point in their careers, to me, like, you know, they're they're obviously older now and the style that they work and whatnot – I feel that WWE is the best fit for them, but it also kind of made me like think like that them going to WWE is also kind of a little bit telling of the state of where like New Japan is at right now. Like they could literally have jobs there and all of that. And you know where that's going to be a huge topic to talk about too, because obviously we have uh, Carl Anderson, who's currently the never open way champion. We'll talk about that too, because that's something that you're like, okay, so is he just like going to end up like, are they just, are they, are they even going to, what are they going to do there? Right? Like what's going to go on with that, with that whole picture and whatnot. Uh, so let's get into these comments here. So first of all, this one's from TKM says he's just happy to see Finn leading something. I agree. Cause for a long time, yeah. you know, it was the shits for Finn Balor. Let's be real. <laughs> no, like <laughs> I, got- I, I think Finn Balor has rebounded well since uh, the turnbuckle beat him at, um, Oh, God. Was last year. So I, I think he is 
in a, a much better position now than he was. I think Hunter definitely understands Finn Balor a lot better than anybody else has. Agreed. Corbin 101 says, uh, interesting situation with the answer, Anderson and New Japan Pro Wrestling. I assume he drops the title to Hikaleo in November, which is going to be, uh, and I forget what date that's on, but uh, it is one of those things where you're like, okay, it feels that either, I'm wondering, like, is it, you know, he's got to drop the title. Is this match still happening? Like, what's going on with that whole thing? Uh, well, New Japan retweeting this tells me that there's some kind of agreement in place. Because um, they did. They actually retweeted a WWE video. And everybody's kind of up in arms about, what the hell? New Japan retweeting a WWE video? I think that... Uh, I think it's just a one-off thing where it's like, hey, do us this solid and we'll let him, you know, finish off what he was supposed to be doing with I New Japan. I think that's what it is. I don't think there's um, a forbidden door opening yet although if there was holy shit then new japan becomes the the bridge of the world of the wrestling world which would be kind of cool but uh i'm thinking they're just gonna let him finish up his dates and also november 5th is that match so really they got about you know roughly a month or so until we less than a month really until that match so uh it is interesting to see i just like from an outsider's perspective i feel like this was just like hey let's work to do this Let's have them come out because it's the season premiere. We want to have something big. And then, you know, them maybe agreeing to them just being like, okay, well, as long as he, you know, finishes up what he needs to do in New Japan, right? Okay, so we got Joel Wood who sends in a super chat here who says, um, Will, you seem to be in tune with what's happening outside of WWE with New Japan Pro Wrestling retweeting the Good Brothers return. Do you think there's any chance WWE allows the machine gun Carl Anderson, and let me get the rest of this, uh, to drop the Never title at the New Japan show, which is pretty much what we just kind of talked about right now. Is yeah. there anything else you wanted to add to that? Um, I mean, I'll say this. It's a whole new world, right? Like, we don't know what uh, business agreements WWE is willing to make right now. I think the weirdest thing on earth would be, like, what if Carl Anderson just retained? Uh, then all of a sudden, what are we looking at? Like, that would be kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know necessarily what modern WWE's willingness to work with other companies is going to look like compared to anybody else. So I know what Vince's uh, philosophy on the wrestling world was. I don't know how Hunters is going to work. So, And that's I'm been like the – that's interesting too because – I mean, there's just, God, I feel like we can make like a whole entire separate podcast on this because obviously we know the working relationship between uh, AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Clearly, I mean, we had a whole ass pay-per-view and a bunch of other stuff that, you know, has been going down with that. So this to me, honestly, if I'm going to make any predictions, this really just feels like a one-off thing. Um, kind of like what they did with Impact when they uh, had Mickey James come out in the uh, Royal Rumble and all of that. So to me, this feels like a one-off thing. But we'll see. Obviously, I don't know for sure. All right, let's see what else we got here. We got Jonathan uh, Contrast who says, this Raw was crazy with the returns. Uh, OC and Brock, so it's safe to say Brock versus Lashley at Crown Jewel and OC versus Judgment Day and Survivor Series War Games. Uh, we'll talk about Brock in just a second. But um, yeah, the original club and Judgment Day at Survivor Series definitely seems like that could be a huge possibility. I think we'll see it sooner than that. Yeah. I think that's really? probably where they're going for Crown Jewel um we still gotta stop before i keep forgetting uh, crown jewels <laughs> happening like my brain is like extreme rules survivor series no we're we still i'm got... clear i'm skipping over <laughs> crown jewel like it's not in here internally <laughs> it's, it's uh but that's wait. a terrible oh, wait thing, no wait way. but uh i forgot yeah apparently 
Uh, it says, do y'all, y'all think, or do y'all think, okay, okay, okay. I'll get Which are we looking at? We got a couple more yeah, here. Super chat. We got yeah, one from going. Josh Cardenas, uh, Cardenas, who says, uh, did you think TK calling New Japan Pro Wrestling about them uh, tweeting WWE? I don't think so. What do you think, Will? I don't know. I don't think that he's he celebrating his birthday. Yeah, it's his, it's his birthday. Um, I don't think, I mean, I, he definitely spent it watching Raw because Tony Khan watches a lot of pro wrestling and doesn't stop watching pro wrestling. But um, as far as that tweet's concerned, I don't know. I think uh, it's business. We know how this is going to work. Yeah. Also, I don't think retweeting one tweet is or however many tweets they retweeted. I didn't see how many they retweeted, but I don't think that's going to undo all of the, uh, you know, the working relationship that you've been seeing with AEW and New Japan and all of that, at least not yeah. in my opinion. You know, you I don't know. I you don't think know you could a retweet, a retweet. I don't know if a retweet's going to do it, but I wonder if New Japan I don't know what any of it means. Like, that's the thing is I can't confidently say anything anymore the way I used to be able to months ago. I can't. Because to me, a retweet, no big deal. All right. To me, it's just a retweet. All right. But let's say they were going to do something where, I don't know, all of a sudden we see WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling working together. A little bit more so. <laughs> then I'd be like, all right, what's going on here? And what does this mean for AEW New Japan? Right. Right. That's when a retweet, a, a retweet, I'm not going to be like jumping to all of these conclusions over a retweet. Uh, we got TKM who says a Bullet Club reintroduction feels like another Triple H statement. Great show. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this just feels like it has that it, it's Triple H's era now. Like this is it. And yeah. if this was the most telling show of like this is the brand new era that we're getting. All right, we got another super chat from Phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay says it would be funny if WWE introduced trios titles, question mark. I mean, it would be funny. I don't know if they have the trios for it. They have one trio right now that's a solid trio. Like, uh, going back, do you want to see Dominic Mysterio fighting for trios titles? No, you don't want to see that. Uh, so really, like, we've got one trio right now, and it's uh, the Good Brothers and AJ Styles. Uh, will we will that amount to much? Who knows? We could see them eventually do the thing they did before with AJ having a singles title. I don't know what belt that ends up being. It could be Intercontinental. It could be US. Could I don't know. The problem is now we've got so many belts tied up in places that we know things aren't going to be changing anytime soon. So I, I maybe trios titles are the way to go, but they don't have anybody to defend them against. I guess, yeah, they're saying uh, in the chat, they're all correcting me because they're like, the God Del Phantasma just got called up. That's yeah, but we, we need more than just a you know, little bit of teams. But we'll I see. know, two teams, yeah. Hey, it's Maddie sends in a comment saying, are we actually going to get Rhea versus Beth? I need it. Uh, given that they teased it on Extreme Rules, I feel like you got to do it. You got to we'll do it, We'll at least get right? a mixed tag. I think we'll at least get a mixed tag. Um, I would rather see a singles match. Why, like, why shouldn't we? Like, why can't we get a singles match? Why does, I don't, don't want to I mean, be mixed I, tag. No, I'm mixed tag. <laughs> I mean, it has a, a, I'm trying to remember, when is the last time Beth has worked a singles match? Like, I know she's worked the tags with Natalia uh, in recent years, and she worked the mixed tag earlier this year with Edge versus Miz and Maurice. What's the last singles match she had? I'm curious. Google it. Pull it up and I'll yeah. pull up the next one. All right. We got a comment here from Sheldon Jackson. A super chat rather says, uh, do y'all think Carl will compete that day since it's the same day as Crown Jewel? Um, possibly. But they uh, do you know, uh, and this could be something that could be, be asked. Is the November 5th show going to be live or pre-taped? That I do not know. 
uh, I don't know. I assume live. Okay. Well, uh, then there you go. If it's live, it, yeah. definitely not pre-taped. Maybe there's an opportunity for that. All right. We got Anti and Brick who says, um, I don't think Judgment Day will be in a War Games match because I see it being Bloodline on one match and damage control in the other. Uh, what do you think? I feel like Judgment Day... Given like everything that they've been doing with them, there has to be something there. And now with obviously, uh, you know, AJ and Gallus and Anderson, they got to do something there. But will it be a war games match that I don't know? Uh, Who would you prefer to see in this war games? Like if we're doing two war games matches, it's got to be the women's and the men's. Yeah, I think the women's and the men's. I don't think this story takes over the men's when I think that um, to me, something involving the bloodline makes way more sense to me. Yeah. I feel like that's a stronger group to have the heels in the war games match to have be the heels in the war games match than judgment day. I think judgment day has really, they only have two of the elements to make a war games match. Uh, I don't think uh, it's going to be that scenario at all. All right, we got so many. We got still got a couple more. Um, this is the most super chatted thing we've had on the show. Uh, this is from Cyclops is better than Wolverine says. So many factions in WWE. Are we getting gang wars? <laughs> Appreciate that, Cyclops. Uh, we got a super chat here from Joel Wood who says Tony cut a promo on Nick Khan just on just on the thought of them talking to New Japan Pro Wrestling. A retweet, and Tony will probably trot Jay White out there on Dynamite to say the Good Brothers ain't shit. Lol. Hey, Jay White like tweeted that's... about this, and he was supportive. He was like, oh, "Look, Bullet Club everywhere." So I don't know. I feel like it's a d- different situation, <laughs> maybe a different thought process at the time. Different, different crap. <laughs> I don't know. I know. Every time Again, I feel, I think I got the answers. It doesn't work. They out. Change the they change the questions. There we go, Roddy Piper. Um. Oh, by the way, Beth Phoenix's last singles match was in 2012. It's going on 10 years ago. Uh, Look, all I'm gonna month. say is. I just don't feel like a retweet would cause me to be like, if I'm, if I'm in this situation, if I'm Tony Khan, I don't think I would be mad about a retweet. I don't know. I mean, maybe he might want to make a statement. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know. What can we even say about that? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll find out clearly. Well, the next 24 hours will probably be this Wednesday. Maybe we'll, by Wednesday or something, we'll probably get some more uh, clarification on that. All right, we got a couple more here. This one is from uh, Henry T. Casey, who says, so I was at Barclays and have y'all talked about how Gargano and Candice got no pops. Oh, Henry. This That's is th- what th- I said. <laughs> like, okay, so I'm not crazy watching that on TV when somebody in the arena acknowledged it. But- oh, also, I jumped the gun on this one. Apologies. But anyways, that's what you were talking about. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like, okay, so my TV works. And Thank also, you. the November 5th match is live, BTW, just okay. so that we get our there facts straight here. A- oh, God. All right. There's so much happening on the show. Holy Jesus. 
All right, let's move on from here. Um, we did get okay. So bring keep sending in the super chats, keep sending in those humper chaps. We got chumper chaps, humper chats. Uh, we got Louise here, uh, who's getting this all straightened out for us as we continue on with all of these segments. Um, but now let's go ahead and really quickly, we did get the announcement that Elias is going to be returning next week. I actually missed when they made the announcement on the show, but it wasn't until I saw the graphic on uh their Twitter. That I was like, oh shit, Elias is returning next week. Yes, the beard grew back. <laughs> Do you uh, care? So, um, I mean, you could tell. Again, WWE has some pretty obvious tells if you've been watching it long enough. And you could tell that the way they had Kevin Owens like murder Ezekiel, that he was never coming back. Um, and so, sure enough, Ezekiel's done. I don't think Hunter was amused uh by those antics and the thing is it wasn't bad actually i i got laughs out of it at least the first couple of times but yeah he's back to elias i guess his beard obviously grew back long enough here we are it's crazy i mean the man died and came back to life but whatever Yes. Let's not talk about that. All right, moving on. Let's talk about Candice LeRae and Bailey. So this was a pretty uh, simple, straightforward match. Not too much to talk about uh, in terms of the body of the match. Uh, we got Candice LeRae who won with a surprise roll-up. And I'm going to be real with you. I was not a fan of this. Ooh, I I'm sorry. Curious. I kind of just feel like... Hey, everybody tell me I'm negative tonight. Hold on. I... I... <laughs> What, what, what didn't you like, Denise? I'm sorry. I just didn't care to see Bailey. I mean, I get it. Surprise roll-up, fine. That, that, fine, okay? I get it. I get it, okay? That's not the point. The point that I'm trying to get at is here is that we just saw Bianca and Bailey freaking have this amazing match on Extreme Rules. And, you know, a lot of people thought Bailey was going to win. Obviously, that didn't happen. I just don't really feel like seeing Bailey pick up a loss right after that in a surprise roll-up when we all know that it, it, to me, it's just not the doesn't feel like something that should be happening to Bailey. You know, come on. Like, I just take her a little bit more seriously than that. Um, the problem is back against the wall when you book this match. Right. Because Candice only just debuted two weeks ago. Exactly. And, so, uh, and she going into this third match was one and one. So you run the risk of making her one and two right off the bat on Raw and establishing her as kind of a loser. Um, that's not something you want to do necessarily. And so uh, I, I saw this as, again, a bit of a lose-lose situation, but I feel like the lesser of two evils, to me, was actually Candace winning. And only because of the fact that at least you can sell that on the fact that Bailey went through a grueling yes. ladder match the night before and was caught off guard. It's not like, like she definitively lost to Candace, but I feel like you don't want Candace to come in with too many losses right off the bat. Of course. And I completely get that. I just still didn't love it. But then again, okay, so let me ask you a question. If you're like new to Candace LeRae and this is, you know, every, let's just say this is the only thing you've ever seen of her. What do you think? Like, are you, are, is she getting over for you? What's your thoughts? Oh no, not at all. Um, I think uh, she had a very cold introduction to Monday Night Raw um two weeks ago i felt really bad when she came in because i was excited for her i'm like oh my god candace is back and look at her like are you kidding me i'm a dad i i have so much appreciation for when moms um come back to exactly what they're doing especially when they're athletes and they look that good that is the most amazing thing in the world so seeing candace out there and i was like yeah candace go and then like the crowd reaction was zero nothing and i was like oh she didn't need a cold introduction she's one of those names that probably 
couldn't be just dead dropped into Raw because I think even the NXT audience, she'd been so far removed from what NXT had been that I don't even think they they might have even needed some refreshers on her. They could have used a video package. And the thing is, she's somebody to give a video package to. She's a mom. She's somebody that you could have absolutely sold on the idea of, uh, she's been gone all this time. Now she's back. Look at how hard she's worked. Look at how hard she's trained. And now she's getting herself back in the ring. Candice LeRae, you're going to love her because she's great. And she's awesome. And she's married to Johnny Gargano, so they have that tie as well. There's things... There's so much they could have done. There's so much they could have sold us on. And to just drop her in the Raw and be like, hey, you know this person. Um, I don't think the Raw audience is right for that. Sean Garner sends in a super chat saying, with Damage Control taking out all of Bianca's friends, who teams up uh, Who teams up with her for war games? Uh, will it be Sasha and Naomi? I mean, the hope is Sasha and Naomi for the fans, obviously. But, uh... I mean, it's in Boston, like... You can't. You have to pay her everything back. Uh, the Brinks truck up to her. If she, if Sasha Banks says, I'm only returning to WWE, if there's just a giant gold statue of me outside of WWE headquarters, your response needs to be, what size? <laughs> That's it. Like at that point. <laughs> All right. I can't disagree with that. Uh, TKM sends in a super chat saying, I'm all for anything to get EO over. I want damage control to work and I believe in them, but I'm getting concerned. I'm not. I love damage control and I love what they've been doing with them so far. Uh, hmm. I mean, I can see the You seem concern. to disagree with that. The, I, I, I can see the concern just over the fact that damage control has got the tag team titles and they're not in much of a position to be like defending them. What happened to uh Aaliyah and Raquel? Is that even like They're not they're not they're not tag team champions and they're not doing anything anymore. Yeah, like what happened? Are this gone? What happened here? Um uh I mean, I like we they, we've seen them on TV, that we uh but I just feel like they just lost the titles and we're like, yeah, we're good with that. And are you <laughs> surprised? On no one ever took them seriously as a real team. I never did. Yeah. Why did they? That was win? the problem. Yeah. So either way. But then on top of that, like, I feel like if they were in a position to be getting some dominant wins um, as a team, uh, and now I'm being told Aliyah's injured. Okay. Um, that at least explains that. But I just feel like the two of them need to be getting more there. I want to see more happening as far as um, Dakota and EO are concerned. I want to see them winning more. I want to see them come off more dominant. I thought last week's ending did good for them. I thought that made them look dominant. So I'm not as concerned because we got to see essentially two straight weeks on Monday night raw of the two of them or the three of them getting to dominate their opponents. We saw Bianca make her way out for the save and it was all for naught because she was not able to overcome damage control and what they were able to do to Bianca and, or to Bailey and Candace. So I'm honestly surprised how many super chats we got on this one. We got another one from Orion Ben six 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 who says Candace gets a win. Bailey can blame it on injury. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. All right, Sorry cool. about my, my runny nose, by the way. I'm catching a cold in case you can't hear it. I couldn't it's... tell that you were having a runny nose, Will. But I keep having to do this like every couple of... <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to give yeah. you a second to uh, fix all that because we actually got a word here from our sponsor. NordVPN.com slash 
Fightful. Block online trackers, annoying pop-up ads, unlock geo-blocked content. Maybe you missed the WWE Network. Maybe you want that AEW+. Maybe you want to subscribe to overseas services so you can get UFC pay-per-views at a reduced rate. Well, NordVPN.com slash Fightful allows you to do that. And you can do it with four months for free with that link. Not only that, you get your 30-day money-back guarantee as well, just in case you don't like it for any reason. It works on all of your devices so you can do this stuff wherever you are. Maybe you're on that unsecured Wi-Fi at the airport, the hotel. It can be dangerous. Your info is at risk. But you can still gain access to all that stuff. Check out all of your favorite shows or maybe shows you haven't discovered before with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Now with multiple tiers so you can get whatever services that you want. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Alrighty, and too bad Sean isn't here this week because, Will, I know you've heard Sean's theory on The Miz and Dexter Loomis and insinuating that Dexter Loomis kidnaps The Miz to do butt stuff with him. Have you been up to date with this? Of course I've been up to date on this. So let's get right into this, Will, because mm-hmm. we know that Dexter Loomis has been creeping up on Miz, which, according to Sean, again, is for butt stuff. So <laughs> taking that into account, uh, I was curious to see what Dexter Loomis was going to do today for Miz's birthday bash. And so the Miz gets a bat. He's going out there and he's making a big hoorah about it, whatever. Uh, then Maurice gives them two big red balls. Uh, they're like, I don't I forget like the actual name of them, but you can use them to like work out or. Are they the, they're the, you can use them to work out, that type of thing. No, that was a different type of ball, right? They're different. There's the ones that you used to work out, and there's just the big ball. Okay, whatever. He gets two big balls, all right? And at this point, I was thinking, oh, I don't even care. Let's just move on because I'm done with the ball jokes with this. But whatever. So they do this whole, like, little a visual where he's standing there with the bat and the two balls, so you take it for what it looks like. <laughs> um, and you're wondering, okay. Button, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't reach my You're wondering, button. okay, when's Dexter Loomis going to come out? So he gets a gift that's placed on the table. He opens the gift. Dexter Loomis is there. His head's there. And I did like how they did this because one second his head was there and the next it was like oh he comes from behind and he attack he attacks the Miz uh Maurice ends up falling face forward into the cake and she like barely gets on the cake and then like two minutes later she's got like tons of cake everywhere so she made sure to get that cake spread out all the way um how do you feel about this do do you care (laughs) where what's your interest (laughs) okay so because I got called out for being negative, I'm going to try and look for the positives in this. Will, you got to be on. yourself. Shh, shh, the amount of times just, I get called I, negative. I, I know, I know. Just bear with me here. <laughs> I will call out the positives. That cake looked delicious. It did, right? I, yeah. I was going to tweet that, but I didn't want to be judged by the people. <laughs> it did. It looked great. I was jealous of Dexter when he was like, "Oh, yeah," like, "Oh," and then and look, I, I can't, I can't have cake right now, so I want cake. Um, that said, this stuff is not for me whatsoever. Dexter Loomis has not been for me pretty much since the angle stopped being cool and it stopped being cool after, like, it was really cool when they were doing all this unique stuff where it was like. Uh, hey, here's Dexter in the background, but the camera's kind of catching him, and we have all this stuff happening behind, and it's it's a very, like, 
unique way of reintroducing somebody. I thought all that stuff was really cool. And then it just devolved into like Vince humor and not in any good ways. Like we've seen all of this from the Miz. The Miz has been embarrassed in this fashion a million times. You absolutely know that when Miz says, I've got a big celebration. We're going to celebrate this thing. Here's Maurice. She's going to look super hot. And then everything's going to go wrong and we're going to be embarrassed. They had a vow renewal this year where they got uh, the the brood motor oil dumped on them. Um, we've seen this kind of stuff from Miz. And on top of that, the crowd did chant, eat the cake. <laughs> that was it. But other than that, I couldn't believe how non-reactive anybody was to any of this. They weren't reacting. They weren't pop. There was no pop for like anything. Um, Dexter even popping the balls. I can't believe he did that to like utter silence. He grabs the knife and just stabs the ball. And it's like, okay. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. This stuff, we've seen all of this from Miz. Do they have anything new? Do something else. No. And that's why I feel bad. But like we've done so many of these celebration things like you just mentioned. Uh, the Miss TV stuff. God, it's just the same thing over and mm-hmm. over again. And I think at this point, they, um, you know, it's just not interesting anymore. And it wasn't interesting. I think I, I lost a little interest maybe a week or two before Extreme Rules with this Dexter Loomis Miss thing. The only thing that was really keeping me going was thinking like, okay, when's Dexter Loomis going to pop up, pop up next. That's the only thing that I find like, Oh, what creative way are they going to figure out for him to be incorporated? And it says, okay, fine. I think after the house attack, the one that he did, I think after that, I was like no longer interested, but um, this, you know, this was really, I feel like they just did this to get all of like the ball jokes out there. And the, yeah. that, which is also real. old. It's old. Like, yeah, the cake was the most over thing. That's I know. very like, depressing. The, the crowd chanted, eat the cake, or was it cut the cake? Was it eat the cake or cut the cake? But regardless, when he finally did, the crowd popped for that. Uh, and at least that got the reaction here. And at least it's announced that this is going somewhere. Next week, we are having the match. The Miz versus uh, Dexter Loomis. They will find, and Dexter Loomis gains a contract if he wins. But if Miz wins, Dexter Loomis goes away forever. This piece of me that kind of wants the Miz to win. But uh, that's all for another time. Um, I'm surprised we got super chats about this. So let's get to them. This one's from Richie who says, Raw was great. I'm very over tiny balls though. And I do not blame you whatsoever. Uh, JJP0411 says, was the Loomis segment as hard to watch as last week's last week's Colts Bronco get Broncos game? That's for you, Will. I know. Look, okay. I've said this. I say this all the time. Nobody embarrasses themselves on the national stage worse than the Broncos. When the games just air locally, it's like, hey, you know, Broncos, we sit here and watch it. But you can almost guarantee primetime performance, the Broncos know how to shit the bed. And we've had way too many primetime performances this year. We've already had a Monday night game. We already had a Sunday night game. We already had a Thursday night game. Matter of fact, we've only had one afternoon game. The rest of them have all been primetime games, and they've all been embarrassing. You have to... And this is, it's all bad. It's all real bad. Um, Russell Wilson, I still have faith, but it's like 10% of it left. So something's got to change, Russ. Trey Jones says, what, what in the butt? I said, what, what? 
in the butt. I said, what, what? Regal, you wanna US, do in the re- butt? I was going to say. You want to do in the butt? Okay, sorry. Regal. You had to be there in, in 2006 because that was internet culture back then. That's all. Sorry, go ahead. Regal says, Lil, talking about cake, a snack, talking about a snack. Wah. <laughs> dang will getting us those super chats okay so now let's move on from here because we got more to talk about and this is i know what everybody's dying to talk about like this is the most gonna be the most talked about thing Omaz, i'm just kidding Omaz versus robert and joseph (laughs) this was a quick squash do we have anything to say if not i'm just gonna move on Nope. Okay, I'm moving on. Nobody gives a damn. All right, Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins. This is where we got a whole bunch of other stuff that went down. So I'm just going to recap this really fast and get into the tons of super chats that we have about this. So Bobby Lashley goes out there. He's cutting a promo. It's interrupted by Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar comes out and he does the funniest shit ever where he says, well, holy shit. And it's, I can't even say it the way Brock Lesnar did it, but it was really damn funny. And he goes in, attacks Bobby Lashley, gets him with the F5. And at this point, he's battered, beaten, and bruised poor Bobby Lashley. And he has this upcoming match with Seth Rollins for the United States title. Two F5s, by the way. Two F5. How many F5s? He hit him with two, two and two. a German suplex. Okay. Then this all leads to Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins. At one point, you're thinking this match isn't going to happen, but Bobby Lashley decides to go for it anyways. He hits Seth Rollins with a spear, and I'm thinking, okay, it's a, it, was a, it was a weird-looking spear, but whatever. It happens, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is going to be like a quick match and whatever, right? But it doesn't end up being that way. Uh, instead, afterwards, uh, we end up seeing, uh, we end up, let me get caught up here. I lost where I was at. Thanks, Will. <laughs> okay, so. Thanks, Will. What did I do? He I threw me off. <laughs> I was on a roll here. Okay, so uh, he gets okay, so he gets uh, Seth with the spear. Seth, Seth turns it. Uh, he's able to go for the cover. It ends up being a near fall. Seth ends up going for a frog splash, and he goes for the pin again. Another near fall. After that, we have cur- we have a curb stomp from Seth Rollins. I think he hit him with what two curb stomps after- at this point? Two curb okay, stomps after kicking his shoulder out. Exactly. And also, the frog splash occurred before the spear. But okay, sorry, you know what, ahead. Will? <laughs> I'm trying to get through this, okay? We saw that most okay. of us saw this match, okay? Yes. The point that we have to get at here is that Seth Rollins is your brand new United States champion, okay? Yes. All right. Thoughts on Brock Lesnar coming out, doing what he did to uh, Bobby Lashley, and thoughts on Bobby Lashley losing the United States championship to Seth Rollins. All right. So, uh, all the thoughts in the world here. Um did not see Brock Lesnar's music hitting at all. Uh, and, you know, there were not just rumors. Brock's literally on the poster for Crown Jewel. So there's always been this question of what the hell is Brock Lesnar doing at Crown Jewel? Because it's coming up here soon and we don't have a thing for Brock Lesnar. Uh, and so I've been trying to mentally place Brock Lesnar anywhere. But I, and, you know, I, I've, heard people throw out Lashley's name and I thought well Brock Lesnar's not fighting for the United States title like no freaking way Brock Lesnar is even that's not even a thought on his mind so when his music hit my brain immediately thought oh Uh, because like I think everybody knew Seth was going to win here um pretty much last week it it was kind of telegraphed that Seth 
almost had it won in the match with Bobby uh, two weeks ago, and then we had the interference from um, from Riddle. So it felt like Seth was on his way to the United States title. It was just a matter of when. This night felt like it was going to be Seth's night, but when Brock's music hit, everything started clicking. Uh, but I didn't see it going where it went. Yeah, Brock Lesnar grabs the mic. He's like, holy shit. Um, I assume that's what shit sounded like because it was censored. Uh, but then he... It was censored for you? Yeah. It wasn't censored for me. I didn't get a shit. I got holy bleep. I got holy shit. Interesting. Yeah, it wasn't censored for me. Where were you watching? Sling. Huh. I was watching on DirecTV Stream. I got holy bleep. I got holy shit. Well, wow. holy <laughs> I can't do it. Like I got, just... I got well holy and then censored. So No, I didn't get it. I just it assumed censored. he said shit, but uh it could have been anything. Whatever. Uh, I guess it depends on where you were watching it, but they censored shit for me. Um and so <laughs> Your innocent ears, Will, you can't hear the word shit. And the funny thing is half the chat is saying that they got it censored, some are saying Not it me. wasn't. Yeah, nope. somebody said DirecTV here got it, got the bleep. Um, but then somebody said it wasn't censored for I'm them. in LA. They don't give any Fs over here. <laughs> uh, so either way, uh, I – so Brock uh, hits the – he hits the F5, F5, um, and then – oh, no, it was F5, German suplex, F5, Kamara lock. Uh, either way, though, he beat the shit out of Bobby Lashley. Um, Seth. Seth on the mic here came off in such a way where it was like he didn't want to say what he was going to say but he knew it was the only way to get under bobby lashley's skin where he's like you know i thought you were he looks off a soldier you know you're a disgrace to america and like i like that right because i like that seth rollins is like such a scumbag in his heart that it's like I don't believe these things, but I know I have to say them to get under his skin. There's a he was layer to that. the man while he was down. Yeah, and I like that there's a layer to that of like, I'm better than this, but I also want the championship, so I need to say this to get him in the ring. I like that. I liked it a lot. Um, I like, so the match started with Bobby going for the spear, and Seth catches him with a pedigree. That's like the best thing Seth does, by the way. Um, he, of course, introduced that spot originally in the match against Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank 2016. And uh, it's it's been one of his signature spots since. Essentially, don't go for a spear on Seth Rollins because he's going to catch you with the pedigree. Um, and it's a, it's a cool, creative spot. I've always liked that. He hits that, goes to the top rope, goes for the frog splash. We just went through the, the stuff of the match. It was a very short match. But I think it made Bobby look resilient that it took all of that. It took a pedigree. It took the frog splash. And it took, um, he had his shoulder kicked out. And then he took the two curb stomps. Uh, but Seth had the crowd. All Seth had to do was look at him one time, wave his arms. And the crowd is singing, waving, uh, readying him for the curb stomp. I thought this was great stuff. Uh, I think if we're only going to have one world champion and it's Roman Reigns. And he's not going to be around full time then Raw's top championship is the United States title. And it's felt like that. It's felt Bobby has felt like a top champion there. But the top heel on Raw is Seth Rollins. It is the visionary. He is that guy. And I think he, what he's been doing this year, considering he's had more losses than wins this year, 
I think needed to be rewarded. And I thought this was the moment in the way to do it. So I was happy with this Brock versus Bobby two. two I think they said yes, next week. Uh, they said next week he's going to call him out, but I think it's okay. happening at crown jewel. Uh, okay, Brock, Brock Lesnar is not wrestling on. Yeah. Raw. I was going to say he's <laughs> calling him out for next week. Cause he said, I challenge you. Oh, it was that challenge you to show up next week. There yeah, you go. That's what that it was. was. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they're going to do, I, I'm sure it's happening at crown jewel. Right. And I'm good with that. Uh, that's that's probably the right match for Brock. Um, do it fairly, do it because we saw it at the Royal Rumble. But there was massive interference. MVP was in Lashley's corner. Paul Heyman was in Brock's corner, and Roman Reigns was interfering interfering in that match. And then Paul turned on Brock and then cost him the title. This time, a straight up one on one match to kind of figure this out. Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar. Uh, the question is, does like brock lose again because he's lost a lot this year but at the same time bobby i don't see um how do i put this black people beating brock lesnar that doesn't happen um it's never happened so uh, i love how you're like how do i put it <laughs> i was it like where's he going with this yeah it, yeah it hasn't uh and so uh i i'm curious how this goes in a, a, a clean scenario. Everybody, and I see it. People saying Brock's not losing in Saudi. Not happening. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see. All right. Well, we got tons of super chats to get into. So here we go. This one's from uh, Big Man Griff who says, I was watching on Sling and they bleep, bleeped it late for me. Okay. I don't recall a bleep at all. Mine was like, holy shit. And I was like, whoop. Yay. All right. I even rewinded it because I wanted to listen to it twice. All right. Uh, Orion Ben sends in a humper chat saying another black WWE champ sacrificed to Brock. Arg. Sorry, I still got Kofi Anger. Go Lashley. This is literally what you were just talking about. Yep. Uh, thank you to Orion Ben for sending this in as well. And uh, let's get into this one from Sheldon Jackson, who says every member of the Shield is now holding singles gold in 2022. Mox AEW World Champ, Roman Undisputed WWE Universal Champ, Seth US Champ. Uh, the only that would have made this better would have been Seth becoming WWE Champion. But yeah, I like uh, that pointer out there, by the way, that that's you know yeah, going the on. Shield, the Shield all has gold. That's actually really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Roman's not losing any belts anytime soon. Uh, just gonna have to live with it and and enjoy the alternatives. Look, Gunther's a great top champion over on SmackDown as well. Well, there's some good stuff happening. Just gonna have to enjoy that. Wrestling Breakdown sends in a humper chat saying, I know you probably don't have specifics at this point, but curious as to what you think Brace contract is like. Duration, question mark, creative freedoms, any other components. Thanks uh, for thanks for all that you do. So I feel like, uh, you know, I don't think anything has been put out there specifically yet about this that I know of. Has there been anything? No, there hasn't, right? No, no. just that they were in negotiations for a really right. long time. That, My uh, hope is that there is some sort of creative freedom because I feel like that is very, that would be very important to whether or not the Bray character, this version that we're going to be seeing is going to, how long it's going to last is really going to depend on that. Yeah. And, and like I said, um, I guess you had to have been watching me and Denise on After the Week, which if you're not watching us on After the Week, what are you doing? YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. But um, if the but I mentioned on our show that uh, this does feel like we're getting into a new iteration of Bray Wyatt, something that we haven't seen before. Um, and that's intriguing. So at the very least, 
even if it's not necessarily Bray given full creative freedom, it's at least something new and something that maybe Hunter has different ideas for than Vince ever did. So right. I don't know. But it doesn't feel like the same Bray at all. It doesn't feel like they're doing any of the type of same presentation. This felt very... Um, which is so funny because the Simpsons just did an anonymous thing uh, literally yesterday, uh, which was a great episode, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Um, and I know that's rare to say for the Simpsons being in season 34, but it was a good episode. But they did a whole, um, but the whole doing the anonymous hacker thing where it's really cutting into the show, um, that's different for Bray. That feels very different. And I'm curious what this ends up being. We got William Rob sends in a super chat saying, "Who does Bray target on SmackDown? Will be a he? Will he be a heel or a face? That's still yet to be known. I feel like I feel like I can't even make a prediction on whether or not he's gonna be a face or a heel, especially given that reaction. Um, who does he target? I've I've said this on the past show, but I feel like they're gonna put Drew in that spot. He's still got to deal with uh, TikTok. Um, what, what's his name? Uh, Cross. Cross." Yeah, Karen Cross. He's still. I thought you were gonna say over. TikTok guy. <laughs> <laughs> Karen Cross. Yeah, but I don't know if they're gonna. Are they gonna be like? An, 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 are they gonna be aligned? Are they gonna be like you know, rivals? Who the hell knows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I. I don't. I, I hope they those guys stay far away from each other. Um, but we got yeah, a I lot of people Drew, that want to see. There is a couple people that want to see them. You know, I don't know link up together we got victor sanchez who's here as um will wyatt six be a group maybe for war games question mark uh no i don't think that like i really think it's the bloodline versus some baby faces um i don't know that the wyatt six (laughs) i don't know that (laughs) introducing a brand new group right now when you have the most over group in years like i wouldn't do anything but that don't don't overthink this don't uh if i'm wwe I would not try to overthink this. I would not try to throw in like a brand new group uh, if there is a Wyatt Six or, um, or you know, again, Judgment Day, anything along those lines. You have the bloodline and you have the right amount of members in the bloodline. You have the Usos, you have Roman, you have Solo, and you have Sammy. You have five. That's it. Find five baby faces, do the thing, and make it good. That's all I want to see. <laughs> We got stars, uh, star Leo here who says maybe Judgment Day can do a traditional Survivor Series match if they can get some more uh, people together, and that can definitely be an option. All right, guys, so let's go ahead, and we still got uh, – let's just – we need to talk about Bray Wyatt really quickly because obviously we, you know, we already started talking about him, but uh, they basically promoted him for – they did show a QR code earlier in the day during a backstage segment with The Miz, and that ended up being like this little puzzle, and I think it said like howdy or something, and they promoted him for uh, – SmackDown this coming Friday. So yeah, anything so that, um, that you're expecting specifically to hear from Bray Wyatt on on Friday? Well, what was interesting was that the the clue in the QR code ended up being Friday's date, uh, which everybody figured out it was letters. You then change the letters to the date, and you do get the this Friday. I think it was uh, 10, 14, 22. So that's cool. But... Uh, what he, I have no expectations for Friday because I don't know where he begins as an on-screen character interacting with others. I don't even necessarily know that he needs to yet. Um, if he does, it should probably just be something kind of quick and reestablish him as a dominant force. Uh, 
I feel like Ricochet is fairly expendable. Like he's somebody you can put him up against, maybe be a little bit valiant, but then end up throwing him away and he loses. Like I, I feel like that's something you could do there. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm intrigued. I'm excited. It's going to be cool. All right, we got to come from more Humper Chats to get to. We got so much stuff. All right, this one's from BSD31 who says, um, Will Rollins use uh, Bobby's service to get him in the ring? It's not clever. It is cheap heat. And as a veteran, that kind of crap, I wish they would leave out of wrestling. Love you, Denise. And uh, Will Grapsity is awesome. Okay, that's interesting. That's I feel like I can't, I feel like I can't, uh, like, give my two cents on that because I obviously don't have that you know that background yeah, I, I got and i i see that point and i won't even argue how you feel about it yeah i will say that the thing i liked about it was rollins hesitancy that he didn't want to say that like you could see his eyes shifting he looked toward the crowd and it was like i don't want to say this but i need to get him in the ring so i'm going to and like i liked typically when they do cheap heat like that the heel just like says it but i like that rollins didn't even feel confident in it in himself um, that was me, but I can understand why you felt the way you did about it. So you're not wrong. We got on your marks, Lou, who says on the fuzzy TV with Bray, did anyone hear who killed the world? Randall question mark. It says who killed the world? You did. Oh, wait, that's Luis. Luis says that it says, uh, who killed the world? You did. Um, so I guess, okay. So I guess, I guess what Lou was saying here was that he heard who killed the world? Randall. But Louis says it was who killed the world. You did. I didn't hear the Randall part. So yeah. um, so I'm going to go with uh, with what Louis said here. But thank you so much to Lou for sending this in. I uh, hope we somewhat clarified that for you. Um, all right, guys. So we're going to go ahead. We still got a couple more Super Chats. But before we get to all of that, really quickly, here is a message from our sponsors. Nobody wants to wake up hot, sweaty, sticky. Nobody wants weird smells coming from your sheets. Well, don't worry about that with Miracle dot com slash fightful miracle brand sheets are the best self-cooling technology self-cleaning that prevent 99.9 percent of bacterial growth they stay fresher cleaner three times longer than other sheets and right now you can go try miracle at miracle.com slash fightful we got a great deal for you save 40 percent get three free towels when you use our promo code fightful at checkout they're so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you got those, those nasty, nasty things on your bed, Miracle Brand is here to help you. Listen, eco-friendly, self-cleaning, it, it can help you uh, avoid allergies and acne and all that stuff that comes with the bacteria that your old bed sheets can harbor. Oh, yeah. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Brand. Go to MiracleBrand.com. Use the promo code FIGHTFUL at checkout to get your free three-piece towel set. One of these days, I'll, I'll be able to say peace correctly and save 40% off Miracle.com slash FIGHTFUL. All right, so we're closing out to almost the end of our show. So I'm going to kind of go through these uh, super chats that we got because we got so many because of Will's Wi-Fi connection from earlier on the show. So uh, pretty soon this is going to be a roast here for Will. But first and foremost, we got Meet Normus who sent in a Humper Chat earlier today saying, what's good, Will and Giraffe Furry Salcedo? DX segment was a ghost of Christmas future for the BTE crew. Denise said, Cox, may the descent continue. May the descent continue. Uh, thank you so much to Meet Normus for sending in this Humper Chat. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. All right, now this goes into the burial of Will. 
Uh, these are a bunch of Humper Chats and Super Chats about people who were mad about your internet earlier today. Wazim says, Will, can you tell us how Kate is keeping seeing you both share the same internet connection? We got D-Skills H-Town who says, dial up Will in the house. Cyclops is better than Wolverine says, Will has, Will has to stop using CompuServe dial up. I don't even know what that is. Because you didn't says, grow up with 90s internet. There was CompuServe. There was, of course, AOL. No As mentioned here, there was Prodigy. We all Will had use, it. <laughs> Will using that AOL CD to go online from the 2000s. Sheldon Jackson says, after the week podcast on a Monday on Fightful, seriously, tonight was a good quality show. The time seriously flew by on Raw tonight, and I cannot agree with you uh, more than that. I completely agree. Lon Maya says, hi, Denise and Will. Hope you both are well, which is your all-time favorite Monday night opening song. Uh, thanks uh, from Lon. Mine is Across the Nation. Uh, that's my favorite one. Will, you're judging me. What is it? No, I'm not judging you. I, oh, I, what's I, yours? Yeah. Um, mine is... Okay. Uh, my... Uh, picking your favorite kid. Okay. Mine ends up being... To be loved by Papa Roach. That's and a you good know one. Why, and, yeah. and, I, and I'm going to give a, a qualifier on that. So normally, it would be Thorn in Your Eye because it just represents my favorite era of Monday Night Raw. But you had to be there for to be loved by papa roach that's the only raw theme song that i had ever attended shows for and listened to the crowd sing and they only sang one part and it was whoa but they all did it every single time the intro would hit and they would go all around the crowd there has not been a raw theme song since that i can recall any theme song i can't think of any tv show theme song where uh, and it's almost sad that the uh, you could never see that on tv because they never they never showed the crowd during the intro but if you were there in the crowd you got to hear the crowd sing it it was actually pretty great and i have an affection for that and simmons 211 says i actually really like the segment that brock surprised uh then seth coming down like money in the bank cash and to win the title was gold and the crowd was hit for it uh thank you so much to Ann simmons for also sending this in and this is our last uh super chat humper chat that we have to read and this one is from regal and i think he's closing it out in the best way will oh will looking like a snack yum 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 you have a fan, Will. I apparently do. I think you have your very own Dexter Loomis here. Uh, let's end it here if that's going to be the case. Don't go as far as Dexter. I don't want to like lift up my, like open my drawers and all of a sudden uh, there's just a head there that's just like, hey, Will. Um, but thank you. I really appreciate that. All right. And I probably well, turned red. <laughs> you did. Will. <laughs> Let the people know where they can find you. Um, do we have one more match to talk about? I feel like we kind of do. What was it? Because I don't remember it. Because I didn't really give any thoughts on Sami Zayn versus. Uh... Oh, because we talked about it in the we top talked of the show. Okay, Will. okay. We, we did. We talked about the. I got to talk about the segment. I guess we posted, last time. Yeah, you just didn't say anything about I the didn't match. Say anything but about we the match. In there in the beginning. Okay. Sorry, because I did have some thoughts on the match. Really quick. Okay. I thought that <laughs> we're going um... for two hours, Will. Yeah. Sure, we have been going a long time, but we had we knew this. But we knew I this got my raise show. at one twenty is when I get my bonus. I'm doing forty minutes overtime. All right, well, get your forty minutes overtime. So, uh, this is what I will say that um, the <laughs> G- 
Jay Uso, I thought, was the shining star of this particular match. Uh, I thought that it was interesting that this Barclays crowd was actually more into um, Sami Zayn than Riddle, and maybe that was a choice that I probably wouldn't have done in hindsight. They weren't all that into Riddle in the match. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe there was a Sami Uso chant, uh, and there was an Usi chant, and some Pretty Ole much, chance too. Yeah, the Ole chance. People were really into Sammy here, much more than the actual baby face of this match. But I like the story being told here. I liked Jay Uso going for the interference and Sammy telling him no, and Jay Uso going, Oh, okay, you don't want any interference. Fine by me. And then when it comes time for Sammy to actually need it, and Jimmy goes for the save, and then Sammy or Jay holds him back and goes, No, 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 no. He said he didn't want our help. Let him let it go down and then uh i thought the the ending sequence was really good too with uh sammy going for the kick and it being reversed into an rko great stuff one two three ending i liked it i liked all of it uh also will i hate to burst your bubble but i know exactly why we didn't talk about why you didn't talk about that match was because that was when you were refreshing your wi-fi and we had ah. this whole big explosion of like oh what's happening <laughs> that's, that's what right. it was <laughs> I was trying okay. to remember, like, why didn't Will give his thoughts on that match? It's because we were dealing with your internet connection. That's right. So I'm like, I had stuff I wanted to say about this. I have notes that I didn't even get to get out about this match. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, I can't just you leave You screwed this yourself, Will. Your internet the, screwed you. Well, the good news is that was the last match of the night. So at that point, we're actually, uh, we're good. We have All everything. Right. Thank you, everyone, so, for well, watching. Will, where can the people find you? You can find me here on Fightful. This is where I do stuff. YouTube.com slash Fightful uh, is where I host Day After Dynamite. You can see that every Thursday. That's at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. You can also catch me on Grapsity with Philip Lindsay and Righteous Reg. We host that every single Saturday, noon Eastern, and that's 9 a.m. Pacific. And also on FightfulSelect.com every other Thursday, uh, right after Day After Dynamite, I also do another show called Ask Grapsity uh, with my boys, Philip Lindsay, Righteous Reg, and we answer your questions. Uh, there's a lot that I think we're probably going to talk about this week on Ask Grapsity, so get those questions in, FightfulSelect.com. Uh, it's part of your $5 subscription to Fightful Select, and uh, just be there. And the reason I say every other week is because this, it's this week. We actually are doing one this Thursday, so check us out, Ask Grapsity. Make sure to check all of those out, guys. There's so much content here on Fightful. So if you haven't already, click that subscribe button. Uh, show, post shows for literally everything. And Sean and I are here every single Monday to talk about Raw. So make sure you guys come back and just there's shows every day. If there's a wrestling show, there's a post show here. Um, do not forget to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com to be up to date with all of the latest scoops and wrestling news, etc. As for me, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo every Sunday after the week with Will and I on the channel. Uh, it's a total Totally different podcast, the format, really fun. A lot of people are really enjoying it. Check it out. And then also Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, 
for the ones who get it done.